0: What's good, Rutherford County? Welcome to this new rendition of Stuck in the Middle podcast. My name is Elijah Campbell, and here with me today from Frisco, Texas, on the final day of the Conference USA Tournament, is Rusty Ellis, Calvin Smith, and the Darius Horton. And uh, to go ahead and start us off, it's been a really short trip for the men's and women's basketball teams here in Frisco, to say the least. I think we have stayed longer than they have. I believe they've all gone back. Um, But it was one and done. For all of them, and for the men, I think it's a, it's a little more of a uh, an upsetting trip because they're gonna be sweating it out tomorrow on Selection Sunday. But just around around the room, guys, what's uh, your initial reaction to them getting upset? And what's probably one of the biggest conference upsets of the conference tournament upsets of the college basketball season?
1: Honestly, there was there was a part of me the entire time that thought this was a possibility when we saw them play FIU. Mm-hmm. Is that if this team gets if this team gets hot from three, they might not be stopping them. They're kind of like a poor man's marshal almost. They don't play much defense, but they shoot they can shoot the lights out from three. And it really seemed like the what did the Blue Raiders in down the stretch was them failing to make adjustments. Cause you saw them run that uh, that little backdoor screen play that opened up someone on the corner from three You saw them run that play probably about five or six times, and all five or six times it worked, and they got a three out of it. Mm -hmm. So at a certain point, in tournament play, you got to make adjustments, and the Blue Raiders just didn't do it. It's one of those games,
2: well, Calvin, by the way, making my debut on the NSCN (laughs) podcast, first time I've been out here on the podcast. But my initial reaction to that was, wow, I couldn't believe they lost.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm.
2: Because we all went in, we all really thought MTSU was at least going to get to the semifinals, if Mm -hmm. not win the ship. Then they yeah, go out and lose. I w- I just couldn't believe it. And then to watch a guy like Cortez Edwards go five for six from Southern Miss, it's March. It's one of those things that happens, and it happened to the Blue Raiders just like they did a couple years ago to Michigan
3: State. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's not on the same scale, mm-hmm. but it happened. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I said, yeah. They Cortez Edwards. He he had a game. You know, uh, I was talking to Elijah. You know, at halftime, mm-hmm. and he told he told me say he said he he has heart. And I said yeah, mm-hmm. he, he plays like a, he's a dog. He wants to own the court. And that's what he did, like I said, uh Calvin said it, uh five or six from three, but uh Dominic McGee had a real good game mm-hmm. too. He had uh twelve points and he had nine rebounds. Yeah. So he almost came out with a double double against Middle Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So um like in like, like you said, stopping that backdoor screen, we just couldn't get around to it. And then in overtime there were some uh shots that we had that didn't go down that uh that could have went the other way, but yeah. we just didn't get them down quick enough. But But heads off to Southern Miss, they did hustle. They hustled real good this game. We just couldn't get around to to them.
0: Yeah, this is a team that trots out five guys under 6'10 each time they go out on the floor. And for a majority of their lineups, they played on Thursday night. They were lineups that had... You know Dominic McGee is your best rebounder, and he's six four. Yep. So if that, if that, I question that. You know, I yeah. question him being six four personally. Yeah. And, he, and, he, and, he, and you, it's hard to tell. You know, you know how these media guys are; they're a little generous with the height Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he, like that's the, the media guy saying Dominic McGee six four, but he was the most aggressive rebounder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he him and Nick King had the most rebounds of anyone in this game with nine, and you know you look at the stat sheet and middle only out rebounded, so they're missed by two and they are much, much bigger. Yep. So they just didn't take advantage of the one big advantage that they had going into this game is the size discrepancy and the way they just beat them on the boards. Uh, did a little research before the game. and the two games that these teams played in the regular season, MTSU out-rebounded them by an average of about 15 rebounds a game, and they only did yeah. by two. And that was a big, big difference, especially down the stretch, because there was one play in particular where Cortez Edwards got an offensive rebound put back that really kind of helps stall a middle Tennessee run yeah. late in the game. And they just made, they just made plays down the stretch. Mm-hmm. And Cortez Edwards, you know, hats off to him because the guy had a career high, tied a career high against Florida International mm-hmm. the day before with 29 points drops 23 and he doesn't even make his living around the three point line no. he's one of the few guys I've seen that really doesn't shoot that many threes took six and hit five of them
1: that career high yeah he didn't make a single three in that career high game mm-hmm. so yeah. it was literally just a game of who wanted it more and you could tell Southern Miss wanted it more and there's definitely some decision making in this game that we can take a look at and we can question like why was this player on the court why so for example when Cortez Edwards is going off why does Ed Simpson, your best on-ball defender, why does he only get 14 minutes? Mm-hmm. It's it's mm-hmm. some some very questionable decisions that we can look at, but at this point, like it's it's moot points. I think mm-hmm. you mentioned uh,
2: who wanted it more, and you were talking
1: about rebounding. Is it possible
2: the Blue Raiders just? overlooked Southern Miss and they came into this game kind of went through the motions because when I watched them in warm-ups they do a lot of the dunking and stuff right to get themselves hyped up right but I didn't see a tenacity that I've seen against like WKU where they were locked in Mm -hmm. it was maybe a bit more a light of an atmosphere do you guys think they overlooked Southern Miss certainly 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 a possibility
1: I think they just assumed that Southern Miss would come in as the 9 seed and would just kind of bow to them and you can see in that seven to two start, they weren't gonna do that.
3: Yeah, that's true, and that's something that I said earlier. Uh, I was like, one of the like, I think I told you earlier, like one of the scariest teams to play is a team is playing a team that has nothing to lose, because no. they'll go out there and they'll do, you know, dang near anything just to stop you. And that's what they did. They they played tenacious, like I said. And I think, like Kevin said, MT came in just sort of like, oh well, you know, we're just gonna have our way with them. No, they came here and they wanted to pick a fight with you. And then they punched you in the mouth a little bit early.
0: Yeah. And they did, yeah. Especially, the, especially early. Yeah. So it was like a 7-2 game early. Mm-hmm. And so their miss just, you could tell, and I like the way Darius put it, they just had nothing to lose. And that's kind of what Coach Doc Sadler said after the game yeah. against FIU. He said, you know, the pressure is all on Middle Tennessee. We have okay. nothing to lose. We're, no one in this room is picking us to win. No one in this building is picking us to win. we got to go out there and take care of business ourselves and just believe they can win. And they did. And you heard him after the game. It's just like. Middle Tennessee wakes up, puts on their, their basketball shorts just like everybody else, you know? They're not this big. Like they're, they're, they're college athletes too, so they don't fear these guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the way that you have to when you're a team that's 14 and 17 and this team is beating you by double digits. What times you played, that's the way you got to look at it is play fearless, and Southern Miss did. And you could tell when they did smack middle in the mouth early that they were playing a little more timid. Mm-hmm. Uh, they middled it. Nick King only took three shots in the uh, first half, and with about fifteen minutes to fifteen minutes to go or so, he only took five. Yeah, it was one for five. And when you're all Americans, only taking five shots in the first twenty five minutes of the game, and you're, you know, you're you face this deficit. It's it's hard to come back from that because at that at that point, you know, the other team has belief, mm-hmm. and that's when upsets happen. That's when yeah. stuff like that gets dangerous. Yeah.
1: I agree. It, it almost felt like they were playing not to lose instead of playing to win. It felt like them going to overtime was the best-case scenario. And to be honest, when Giddy hit that three with 17, 16, 7, you know, whatever time. Seconds, it was yeah. like, yeah. So, with whatever, how much is overtime on the clock, I sat there thinking if this game goes to overtime, there's no way Middle loses this game because mm-hmm. that would mean that Southern Miss had a chance to close the deal and they didn't. And championship teams make championship-level plays. That's what I thought the Giddy three was. And it turned out that the beginning of the end was the moment Cortez Edwards put that, got that put back. Because mm-hmm. that's a miss that if middle pulls that down, they've got a chance to stretch that out to a two-possession lead. They've got a chance to make a little bit of a run. And they just didn't do it. Every, it felt like every time Elijah and I were at that table, and every time Southern Miss took a three, I heard the same thing come out of Elijah's mouth. That was money. Right. Mm-hmm. Because you felt like every time they shot it, you felt like it was going to go in. Mm-hmm. And what were they, 13 of 25, I think? Yeah, they were 13 of 25. 13 of 25, that's over 50% from three. One, that's not sustainable, but they don't care. We were talking to um, mm-hmm. you know, Tim Scarborough from uh, watched from Stadium, mm-hmm. and he said that's Southern Misses game. They're going to pack four players in the paint, and they're going to force you to beat them from the outside. You are not going to get an easy look in the paint playing this team. They don't care that their tallest guy is six four at times. Yeah,
0: they have to play their identity. They can't. You I mean you can't make guys grow overnight. So you have to play all season and try to figure something out where you're at a little bit of a size disadvantage. Um, that's tough. Now, now, what one thing that Middle does they are faced with is a little bit of drama tomorrow.
1: Yeah,
0: and you look at guys like Joe Lenardi. Um, who's the guy from from CBS? Jerry Palm. Yeah, Jerry Palm. Yeah, and uh, as of yesterday, Lenardi had Middle Tennessee in his last four in. Palm had him in the first four out. Now this morning, it's changed a little bit. Middle Tennessee's in the the uh, last no, first four out instead of being in the last yeah. four in, and obviously Nevada getting you know boat raced by San Diego State last night Didn't doesn't have... do the Blue Raiders any favors. But just what's the feeling in here for, from you guys? Just like your gut feeling, are they going to be in the NCAA tournament? Or are we playing, nit, recovering nit games, nit, nit? I'm
1: not I, until I see Middle Tennessee's name flash onto the bracket as at what I believe at best is one of the play in for the eleven seeds. They're going nit. They're likely going to host. They'll likely host a few games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was but. I will say this as a reference to two years ago when UAB was the number one seed and they were 24 and 3 when they got eliminated from the tournament, they were then given a six a five or a six seed in the NIT. So just because middle had that reputation does not exactly guarantee them a one seed. I can see them getting like a three seed mm-hmm. in the NIT and hosting two games and having to go on the road for the last one if the one seed makes it. Uh, but right now, NIT. Mm-hmm. For me,
2: I think in IT, I don't, I, I don't see them making the NCAA tournament, and a lot of that comes from in the postgame press conference. Kermit Davis had the opportunity to speak his piece about why his team mm-hmm. could be a tournament team, and mm-hmm. he didn't, because I think, and that he didn't, and he didn't have much to say about it. Period, because he didn't want to put everything he wanted to say out there because he knows his team doesn't deserve it right now. Yeah. after losing two, when they did, and not having, not having the top top tier wins like they yeah. should have mm-hmm. I think watching coach coach Kermit Davis showed me that this team isn't an NCAA tournament
3: team. I agree. Yeah, I agree too. uh I say NIT bound uh but I mean hope hope we're wrong maybe some magical happens but in, in if I'm being realistic I say NIT. And I think like we all came to a consensus like last night we said if they win at least one of the USC or Miami game, if they win like one of those games, yeah, they they have a better chance, and they have or a better, the Auburn better chance game. or Auburn, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Naturally Auburn, yeah. If you if you like beat one of those teams, then you have a better chance. But losing mm-hmm. to Leicester, losing to Southern Miss, and then like your season finale in the mm-hmm. regular season against Marshall at home, at home, it's sort of tough.
1: I'll be honest. I want I want to ask y'all uh, just general question here. Let's say let's say I almost said Memphis, Woo. Middle Tennessee. Uh, let's say they beat Marshall. Mm-hmm. Is that enough to counteract a Southern Miss loss? I'm going to give you all my answer, and then I'm going to let you all go. Personally, I say no. I say Southern Miss is a bad enough loss to keep them out. But that's just me. What do you all think?
0: Um, I mean, you're definitely in a better position if you don't lose that Marshall game because the thing is, you know, Marshall is so bad defensively that yeah. the committee is going to look at them as a as a pretty bad – I think it's a quadrant three loss. Uh, Southern yeah. Miss is a quadrant four loss, but – Obviously one loss is better than two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the fact that they've had their two worst losses in the last week is what's gonna is what the committee's gonna look at and it will be enough for them to just say no. Mm-hmm. Now is this now this is a team we've watched all year long. Is this a team that I feel like can hang with a lot of other teams in college basketball? Absolutely. Yes, of course. But when the paper resumes in front of you, I don't see any reason to put them in over a lot of other teams because like they they did schedule non-conference you know hard enough and they scheduled yeah. enough opportunities to really make themselves look good if they took advantage of those opportunities. Yeah. And in mid-December when they went to Hawaii, they had those two chances against USC and and Miami, and they had that chance against Auburn, and all three of them were close losses. Yeah. So. They're still losses. They're still losses, you know, nonetheless. So, it, it it's really hard to put them in because of that because he just didn't win those games they had the opportunity they just didn't win those games and it's and you could just tell uh, like what Calvin said too we all sat in that press conference room afterwards and yeah. they sounded defeated Kermit sounded defeated he knew that he said you know I'm not going to toot our own horn here because we just got beat by Southern miss I mean yeah at the end of the day that team was 14 and 17 coming in to this tournament yeah. yeah you you still you can't lose those games period. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, you lose this game in January, it doesn't matter now. But I think uh, they really they really did themselves in.
3: Yeah. Uh, let's see. If they beat Marshall, I think, yeah, I would have to still say no because I think it's still a big enough – it's still like the differential between not only talent but record overall-wise. I think it's a real big difference, and I think it's enough to keep them out. But that would be a good win. Mm-hmm. If you did, like I said, any win is better than a loss, because when you come down to paper resume, like I said, to uh, say, I still think it's still bad of a loss. Uh, it it wouldn't be enough, in, in my opinion, to put them in. But granted, if they win the championship, then okay, you lost to the champion, so I, well you beat the champion, but they but you got knocked out by right. Him. So it's sort of it's a slippery slope.
1: Before we go on, remember that Southern Miss now is not going to have a chance it, to win the championship, exactly. which I do believe would have made that loss. A, a little brutal. better, cause it's okay. You ran into a hot team. I still wouldn't put them in. Oh, yeah, me too. Calvin, go ahead. I'm just gonna stick with everyone else. If you're a
2: mid-major team, you're behind the eight ball enough as it is. Yeah. Slipping up at the end of the season doesn't help you.
0: They, I don't think that would have propelled them propelled them into March. No, nah, I don't even. Mm-hmm. I agree. it have been really hard, but I mean, you know, here here's another thing to to consider, and we all. You know, covered that game against Western Kentucky, nationally Televised, number twenty four in the country. Your arch rivals coming in, you have a chance to clinch the regular season conference title at home. They do it in epic fashion. I mean, they just they beat the brakes off of Western Kentucky at home. That was a little over a week. That was a week from the loss. In that one week. In one week, you go from beating Western Kentucky at home, who's without a doubt the best in my opinion, the best team in the conference besides Mills, Tennessee. Yeah. Like they did. Mm-hmm. And yeah. losing your senior day against Marshall, and then losing in the first round against Southern Miss, and being a team that, even after the Western Kentucky game, people were saying, "Oh, well, this is the way they played all year. They might not even win their conference tournament. They can still get an at-large bid because they were just that good." This all happened in the span of a week. Yeah. What in the world goes on from last Thursday to today? You know, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't understand how it gets that draft just dramatic of a difference in a week because anybody I mean
1: I think personally they lost their edge. Mm-hmm. I
0: think that that Western game was hyped up
1: so much it was probably possibly you said it arguably one of the biggest most important 100 miles of hate matchups mm-hmm. in recent memory and I agree with that. and it was hyped up so much that Marshall just kind of came in under the radar and said, okay, we don't care about Western. We're going to beat you. We don't care about the ranking. We don't care that you're at home. We don't care that it's senior day. And we don't care if there's 9,500 people in here. We don't care about any of that. We're going to beat you. And that's what they did. Middle Tennessee, if we're putting it bluntly, against Southern Miss, they looked scared the whole time. And when they got down, you saw the panic on their faces. They were scared. They were terrified. They you could see it, you could see the belief disappear from them. Like we went from having the possibility of running this tournament and getting in as possibly an eight or a nine seed to now your best case scenario is you're a one seed in the NIT. In a span of one week. Yeah. That all happened. And I still can't believe the Western game happened at this point.
0: Because that feels like months ago. And that happened so recently. <laughs> and now that was in March, you yeah. know. Yeah. March mm-hmm. has been the worst. it's been a worst case scenario week for this basketball team, and mm-hmm. I don't know if I've seen anything like this with a, a mid major. You know, keeping on mid majors as long as as long as I have, I've seen some run the table in the regular season, and then maybe slip up in like a final or a semifinal or do what Nevada did, and dominate and get blown mm-hmm. out and just, and just have, by having a bad game where their team just shoots the lights out. But this is two bad games back mm-hmm. to back after looking invincible from late December a week ago
3: that's crazy you i can't
0: think, oh. sorry oh okay uh i think
3: uh something that Kermit said too like during the press conference he said it was some things going on in the locker room maybe i don't know if that contributed or if it was yeah. big enough okay. and so i was like oh i didn't know if i stole that from you calvin i'm sorry
2: <laughs> i was just gonna say it a different way you can't oh. take the game for granted is how i was yeah. gonna put it mm-hmm. and yeah you said they lost their edge why did they lose their edge because maybe they took some stuff for granted they in the they game. In. They took some mm-hmm. of the preparation for granted. Mm-hmm. They took the stuff off the court and before the game for granted, and it bit them in the butt at the
0: end of the day. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, the best one doesn't care about your expectations or your feelings because yeah. you got to go mm-hmm. out there and you got to prove it on a nightly basis. And they just they had the chance and they, and they didn't do it. You know, and mm-hmm. that's part of it. Yeah, it's one exciting. thing
3: I want to look at is like I'll go back to the size differential. Mm-hmm. We know how Nick King plays. But when I look and see Brandon Watson's only played 21 minutes, mm-hmm. and he has to be one of your most dominant big man down. Granny fouled out. Five fouls.
1: Yeah. yeah. I have said about that, though. He did not have a foul until like the 15-minute mark of the second half. Mm-hmm. He didn't have yeah. a single foul so, yeah. until that point, part, and he picked up three quick ones. He did. That's just where you stand on that. But that's, again, one of those decisions. I, I, the play time for him, I, I, I feel like instead of just playing their game these last two games – I feel like they tried to cater way too much to what the other team wanted to do. Mm. And it's like nice it or not, nice I would take I would take Brandon Walters because of his physical size. I'd take him over Eddie yep. Davis. I'd surely take him over Tim oh, Rowe. No. Oh, God. And call me crazy, call us a hot take, I'd take him over Iden Penova because he is physically bigger, he's physically more imposing. That is mm-hmm. how I look at him. Mm-hmm. If you yeah. body a shot blocker, that is how you beat them. You play physical with them, you force them to foul you, and you get them off the court. Mm-hmm. Him to only play 21 minutes, even with fouling out, I can't make sense of it. Or only and grabbing two and rebounds. And then the other thing is, when he did foul out, why did you go with a smaller lineup? Why why did Antoine Johnson come into the game to replace him instead of Carl Gamble or James mm-hmm. Hawthorne, a guy with size? Hawthorne and Gamble combined for 11 minutes. Gamble started, mind you.
0: Yeah, only played nine You're minutes.
1: Right. Can't make sense. I can't make sense of that. Hawthorne only
2: had two minutes. Yeah, <laughs>
1: exactly. Yeah. That's that's. I just. Yeah. It's another thing I look at. If there's internal issues, I I think you see it right there.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And if, it's when for Brandon Walters, man, because he's one of those guys that you, that you that you love to watch, and but to be that big, play a team that small, and only grab two rebounds. Yeah. In twenty-one,
1: 21, 21 minutes th-
0: he played. I don't understand. It's very uh, reminiscent yeah. of Roy Hibbert in the Eastern Conference Finals, where he played almost like a whole game and didn't score a point or grab a rebound, and not to that extent. <laughs> that's Hibbert. like the ultimate extreme. Yeah,
1: but it feels like that.
0: It uh, it does uh, it does feel you know eerily similar to that. Um, on the women's side, that was a hard game. Hard game yeah, to watch as well. That was, was, was a true. that was a a sloppy basketball game, and they lost a heartbreaker to Rice, but. Then, of course, they went one and done as well. Uh, what are y'all's initial reactions on that one?
1: It was the Alex Johnson show and absolutely mm, no one except. else. She scores 32 points. Your next highest scorer is tied for five apiece. That's bad. You shoot. I don't care how bad a team shoots, but if you're shooting three for 22 from three, you're not beating anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I said this. Uh, Abby Sism might have had... One of the worst final games of her career that I've ever seen, and I don't think they'd get a WNIT bid. They're not gonna pay to get into a tournament like the CIT or like what the men's team had yeah. our freshman year. They're they're not they're not gonna pay to get into a tournament like that just because I I personally wouldn't if I was a coach I would not pay to get us into a tournament like that. That kind of feels like I don't know. I'd rather my players go ahead and have that time off. That's just me. Mm-hmm. But she goes 1 for 9 from the floor, 0 mm-hmm. of 7 from 3. And uh, I don't know about you guys. I want to see what y'all think. It felt like a lot from 3 that she was forcing it. It, it felt like she was just shooting it when she had a little bit of space because she was just trying to get that first one to go down.
3: I think mm-hmm. what it was, too, is that, like, uh, watching them warm up. And she was on the court by herself, right? Yeah. She was on the court by herself. And she I was watching her. She probably made about, like, 10 threes in a row. Mm-hmm. it what, Or what felt like 10 threes in a row. But then she comes in the game and sort of – she, like I said, it, it seemed forced. None of her shots really seemed open. She had some off the dribble, which, I mean, take it if you want to, but when you have a defender in your face, it's going to be tougher. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think, I don't know. I can't, I can't make it with Like I said, it's probably, if, it, if this is your last game as a Blue Raider, I would sort of, it, it sort of hurt me.
1: Is this worse than Giddy's game against Butler, in your opinion?
3: I think so. I think exactly. so. At least like you said, like I said, at least Giddy grabbed rebounds, so at least he was able to help out. Giddy in that
1: game had like six or seven rebounds. He at least made himself helpful at one end.
3: Yeah. She had four, but I mean when you have Alex Johnson grabbing fourteen, does it really matter?
0: <laughs> well yeah, just think about how, how much this team relied on one player. Alex Johnson had eleven of the team's sixteen made field goal attempts. Oh my eleven goodness. of the sixteen. <laughs> and had thirty and had fourteen of the team's twenty six rebounds. <laughs> And then school obviously scored thirty-two of the team's fifty-three points.
1: Yeah, it's, it's more than half.
0: I mean, what pretty much what Rice did was say, okay, well let's let Alex Johnson have hers and make somebody else beat us, and nobody else could.
1: Yeah.
3: Nobody else stepped up. Pretty much. Yeah, nobody else stepped up. I thought, um, I thought just Laura was gonna. I thought she was gonna have a good game because all the pressure that was gonna be brought on Alex, mm-hmm. she could just kick it out to Jess, who's a real. We know she can shoot threes. But she, I think she fouls out late in the second half. Yeah. And uh, Anna Jones, I mean, this was her first conference game, so maybe it was a nurse. It she went zero six from the floor, yeah. made a free throw, but
1: as a freshman, she's just got a, she's got and she's gonna find this in her career. She's just gotta find that consistency. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Shooter. I, a, I yeah. put it on Twitter. I put it on Twitter. I mm-hmm. said she fouls out. She's zero for six. But don't take this. Don't look at this game and think this is gonna be her her whole career. She yeah. is gonna have a bright future. At Middle Tennessee, and this is you only got a taste of her this year. Yeah. She's likely going to start next year. Mm-hmm. And Calvin just said it. I think shooters shoot, and I think the best way to get out of a slump is to continue shooting. Not force it, but if you've got an open shot, you can't hesitate.
2: And she passed a couple times on some open shots. Yep. And on the bench, the coaches were yelling, shoot the ball. Because they had to get some kind of offense. Mm-hmm. And from, the, from beyond the arc, she's probably their best
1: shot. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Without I said it throughout the year. You can probably remember this. You, what you saw, not just in this game, but in the entire season, you saw just how much this team needed Ty Petty last mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Needed a point guard. And that, sure. that was a valuable shot. I could tell you at no point this year did they have a reliable person at point
2: guard. Mm-hmm. No one could match up with Erica Ogumike. No. no. She got whatever she, she wanted.
1: She that that girl
2: can play basketball. And I think Nicole I had has an like, off what, game. Had an off game. But game. just like what Coach Insel said, she still had five assists. She's one of the more underrated seven seven players. Seven rebounds, too. Yeah. Yeah. She those two earned, together is unstoppable, and the Blue Raiders, the Lady Raiders, couldn't match up with that.
0: And I thought when yeah. they played Rice in the regular season, MTSU escaped. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they, they had bad shooting nights. They held them to 41 points. Yeah. You, know you, and that might, you look, look back on the regular season, that's the best game middle plays all year. Yep. And yeah. they, the way they, they held those two players, which are incredible, and the fact that they were only a 5 seed going into this tournament is <laughs> baffling when you have two players like that. Um, when you look at this season as a whole, this team was picked to win the conference championship. Didn't really get close to the regular season. Well, Western had Kentucky to win. I don't know how you
1: pick Middletown. That's, yeah. that's
0: true too, and they didn't really get close to winning the, you know, the regular season title. They had to beat Old Dominion on the last day of the regular season just to get the fourth seed yeah. and get a, a bye yeah. in the first round of the conference tournament. And they kind of you know lay an offensive egg in the quarterfinal against Rice. So, so on a scale of one to ten, from everybody here, how like if you're if you're Rick Enzel on this team, how disappointing is that? Just to have a team with the expectations you did coming Mm -hmm. into the season, and just to put it on us, just fall flat.
1: I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a six point five, and I do have reason for that. Let's not forget. Alex Johnson did miss about six weeks. Bingo. Yeah. And there's that that's a lot to miss in that time. And in that time, Gabby Lyon and Rebecca Ruder both did play really, really well. Abby Sism had mo- Abby Sism had about a four or five, six game span where she hit everything she took from three. Mm-hmm. Um, Anna Jones had obviously had the big game, had the big road trip down in Texas when she dropped thirty. I get it was either UTEP or UTSA, one of the two. Mm-hmm. She dropped thirty against them and made again almost everything she took, and she had about a five or six game span where she saw, shot like sixty percent from three. Mm-hmm. So nice. I think that this team. The reason I say six point five because they 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 did disappoint. Mm-hmm. But I'll say it again. I don't realistically know how looking at teams like UAB and Western, looking like Western damn near swept the superlatives. Yeah. Baby. They I mean, nearly swept coach the coach su- of the year, I think. I think. Like A literally, of the year, literally yeah. got player of the year, defensive player of the year, sixth Six. player of the year, uh, freshman of the year. Yeah. They literally got everything it felt like. so. I don't know with those two – and UAB as well. I don't know with those teams how you can look at middle and say, yeah, they're the favorites. I think that that was – I think that they were expecting a little bit more out of Abby on They were expecting a little bit more out of Gabby and Rebecca. Maybe even out of Anna Jones and maybe even Jadona Davis who didn't play that much this year. Mm-hmm. Hardly any. I, I think that there was more expectations there. And the way that she played down the stretch, I think if Alex Johnson had been healthy, this team would have been closer to the three seed than they were the mm-hmm. four. I think they would have locked the three seed up with a couple games to go. Mm-hmm. So I'll say 6.5. They were disappointing, but there were also other factors out of their control that they couldn't mm-hmm. just had to deal with.
2: So. And that's why I'm going to say five, yeah. because of what was out of their control. Mm-hmm. And just if Alex Johnson had been healthy, or if the team in general had been more healthy, then yes, this is like an eight or nine yeah. level disappointment. But you can only do, you can only do it with what the hand you're dealt. So yeah. that, that for me that's why it's
3: a five. Yeah. yeah. I say, uh yeah, around same around six, around there, around five and a half, six. Uh, like I said, the injuries hurt, uh Alex Johnson, you know, like I said goes down for six weeks. And then not not to forget Kyla Allison does go down too.
1: We did talk about that we did too. Talk about I that. felt like she was a huge absence yesterday. I she Yeah, that.
3: she really was. And um, you know, yeah, she's you know, I think it was it her ankle or it was her ankle. Ankle, yeah. So I mean, yeah, you miss a player like that who's like really reliable and um and then we can't forget like even though she's not here but like I said trying to fill the shoes of Ty Petty is not an easy task at all Mm -hmm. how good she was uh she was a real great ball Mm -hmm. handler can shoot the lights out she can do almost anything and um I say yeah it was sort of disappointment but the injuries were like like how Calvin said were a key factor
0: yeah you know, it doesn't help to to get the injury bug at any point in the season, especially when a player who obviously is as valuable as Alex Johnson, as we just you know, talked about her monster stat line she had, goes down for what was it, like six weeks, like you guys said, and it's 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 really hard to bounce back from that. It's unfortunate for them, but they they lose a couple pieces. Um, they lose Gabby Lyon, Rebecca Ruder, Abby Sism for next year. What are the should the honest expectations be? Okay, so yeah, season. I'm
1: I'm gonna let you guys go ahead and start this because mm. I'm currently looking for the signing day story, but I'm gonna go ahead and let
0: you. That's what we need yeah. Yeah. yeah, we yeah, I know, know they signed the Weddington sisters. Okay, so yeah, um, I was gonna first say first. that. Riverdale. I think I that think a that there's a championship type team.
1: I think mm-hmm. that there's good reason to be excited about next year, and I think that for both teams, I, I want to say like I feel like a lot of this has been us really being negative towards these teams, but that's just because they lost. I think that both teams have got at the very least three recruits each. Mm. next year that I think maybe be making immediate impact. I think the Whittington sisters are awesome. Mm. Yeah. I think that getting 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 those two is going to be something that we look at, and they're going to make – I think at least one of them makes an impact next yeah. year. Both of them will make an impact, period. So let me see. So I finally got the story. But the other one I was going to look at was Micah Dowdle from West Tennessee. Uh, she is someone who I think – maybe could be the point guard next year. You know, she's a five-foot, eight-inch guard. She's from Oak Ridge, Tennessee. I might have been wrong about where exactly she was from. But Ensel believes she's one of the best all-around athletes this, team, this school has ever seen. Mm-hmm. So which they, need, which they need right now. Which Damn. is what they need because yeah. they just don't mm-hmm. – if you look at this team, they just don't have a ton of athleticism. I don't think the Whittington sisters bring that, but I think Dowdle does. Mm-hmm. And the Whittington sisters both bring – they bring their own skill sets. Mm-hmm. They bring more shooting, again, more rebounding. I yeah. think that – you're gonna like what you get from those three, and all of that is without even talking about Taylor Sutton, who is another really, really good guard in this class. So mm-hmm. I yeah. think if you're looking at a scale of one to ten, I'd say let's go ahead and play it safe. Let's say seven. Reasonably excited, but we've got to keep in mind you, you know mind, yeah. we got to keep in mind what happened this year. They're not gonna win the
2: conference, no. and I'm gonna pull my inner Chris Childers in here, the color commentator for ESPN three, who's a huge Anna Jones fan. I think that's enough reason for excitement, because I think she could be the best shooter in Conference USA in the next couple of yes, years. Yes, for yeah, sure. Uh-huh. Legitimately, she could be, and for me, that's enough to put it at a
0: seven. She had about a two, three-week stretch where she was probably, without a doubt, the best shooter in the conference. In mm-hmm. And one while. of the best in the country. Yeah. And You mm-hmm. don't shoot 60% for no reason. Exactly, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you can just fly out and shoot the ball, and that's a, that's a perfect role that's going to need need yeah. to be filled on this team. Darius? mm
3: mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'd probably say yeah, around the same, same, uh, same number as you guys. Like I said, Anna Jones is probably going to be, like I said, one of the best shooters here. Uh, once she finds that consistency, she's going to be a problem. I, I can see it. Uh, she's a real great scorer. And um, from covering high school, covering Riverdale, like I said, the team sisters are going to bring some dynamics to the team that they have not seen. Mm-hmm. They're, uh, they know they know how to drive, know how to get boards on rebounds. They can, yeah. they can shoot too. That's one thing they can honestly shoot.
1: I was gonna say this: Alexis Whittington, in three seasons at Riverdale, passed the one thousand point mark. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. That's crazy. Im- yeah. And you want? One, I'll give you one more stat line before we finish this point. Taylor Sutton, I finally found her. He Insel said literally she she could be as good as Ty Petty by the end of her career. So, okay. right I now, praise. I praise. As a junior, she yeah. averaged fifteen points, eight assists, and five steals as their team's leading as their team's you know point guard. So. I think you're going to have a battle for the point guard spot, but I think they're going to be much more set up next year than they were this year. Mm-hmm. And if Alex Johnson is 100 percent healthy, she is a player of the year candidate. That's in true. No, oh, yeah, yeah. and this goal. is her
3: last year. I mean, you got, yeah, it's, this is going to be like next year is going to be her last year. So
1: and she's I mean, already broken the thousand point mark too. She did it in like two seasons. So
3: it's crazy. Sure. See, but yeah, she, I think yeah, Alex Johnson is going to play very. You're going to see her play probably her best basketball for her last year. Mm-hmm. And I'm really hoping so. But. It's just coming, just playing with your, for your senior year. That mindset is just like okay, it's my last year. I'm going to have to kill it. So I think she's going to have that mentality yeah. going into the season, and hopefully, like I said, she's going to be a, a USA Lady Player of the Year. So I'll be excited for them.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. But
3: they're yeah. going to be young. They're going to be young.
0: Oh yeah, and there'll be some some learning curves, but they'll they'll definitely be more. You know, it'll be exciting to watch. Um, and for the Conference USA Women's Championships, you know, you guys mentioned Western Kentucky sweeping <sighs> all the superlatives. And UAB getting the, the coach of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, UAB is the, the one seed, but I just have a, a feeling that oh. Western Kentucky is destined to just run this thing. and oh. oh, yeah. Because Ivy Brown is probably the best player I've seen in this conference. Yeah. And when you have uh, the sixth, uh, sixth player of the year, um, Dee Givens. I think yeah, Dee Givens. She came in when they played Middle Tennessee off the bench and had like 19 points. And like uh, you, you get a spark like that. Yeah. And uh, Tasha Brown too. Like she. Yeah. That's who Rick Enzel thought was the, the player of the year. You just have such a loaded lineup there, that I just have a hard time seeing them when it when you know when it comes down to the last game, your chance to win a conference title, and punch your ticket to the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. That those girls just don't do it.
1: It is amazing to me how you look at the Brown. The brown, the two, the two brown players. Yeah. <laughs> you look at them, and it was literally okay. One of these players is going to win defensive player of the year, and the other is going to win player of the year. And literally, with Ivy Brown and, and Tasia Brown, you could literally switch. Like, if Ivy Brown had been named player of the year instead of Tasia, I would have understood. I would have been like, okay, that makes sense.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And it makes sense the way it is now too. It's I I don't see Western losing this game. I'll go as far as say it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me to see them win this game by twenty. Mm-hmm. It just would not shock That's a bold me. one. That's it just bold it, UAB's a good team. I'm not saying they're not, but it would not shock me to see Westerners come out. It's mm-hmm. what they did to Southern Miss last year. Southern Miss was the three seed in the – well, yeah, they were the three seed in the conference last year. And they came out and just lit them up. One name we haven't mentioned yet that I will watch today because she was on fire last year, Sydney Bopp. She shot about mm-hmm. 50% from three over the conference tournament mm-hmm. last year. Haven't looked at her numbers for this one, but I'd keep my eye on her today.
3: That's true. Um, I'm taking uh, Western Kentucky as well yeah. um, Like I said uh, The superlatives By their own right Sweeping those Means you have The type of talent To probably carry this team Into the championship And win So I can uh, I can see Western uh, Winning mm-hmm. this game um, Some other Notes that Is going to be interesting Is that UAB um, is making its first CUSA Championship Game appearance So wow, They reached wow. the final Twice losing to Tulane Both in 2010 And 2000 so, that's, uh, that's it's kind of the wild.
1: old CUSA. That's yeah, it.
3: that's the old CUSA day. So, um, I, I hope they're going to adjust adjust to the pressure playing a high-powered team like Western. Um, so, I just want to see if they're going to adjust to it. And hopefully, we'll get a good game, which I know we probably will. But I still yeah. think Western's Western has the talent, like I said, with the Brown, you know, with both of the Brown girls. The you Brown know. tandem. Yeah, so, I'm, the Brown <laughs> tandem. That's how I like it. <laughs> but, uh, um. Yeah. I think the firepower there is probably going to be enough. Yeah.
2: With the Brown tandem, they're both seniors, too. <sighs> With all the accolades, accolades they've earned, they've been here before. They can mm-hmm. play. I don't see West Kentucky losing this game. Yeah.
0: Even though they're C, that's the crazy thing is to look at that team and think, oh, they didn't win the regular season. Crazy to me. Uh, on the men's side, I feel <laughs> like we're going to have uh, a barn burner Oh, yeah. Between Marshall and Western Kentucky, we have a good match. There's a lot of things to watch for. For oh, yeah. me, one of them is uh, the coaching matchup: Dan D'Antoni, Rick Stansberry. Yes. Two two really great college coaches and two totally different styles of coaches too, and two different styles of, of play. When both these teams played, Western, you know, ran them out of the building both times, especially including a just an absolute boat racing in Marshall where Darius Thompson had a triple-double, and I want to say they hung 123 yeah. Yeah. on Marshall. <laughs> ugly, ugly game. Yeah. But,
1: but yet they boast the defensive yeah. player of the year in the conference.
0: Yeah, and it's they, <laughs> Marshall, who is as bad as they are defensively, has the nation's leading shot blocker in Aiden Peneva. So <laughs> it's, there's, there's a lot of just like weird things about this Marshall team, and they just keep hanging around. They don't play any defensive. So they have the best shot blocker. They just throw up a ton of threes. Mm-hmm. And John Elmore and CJ Burks are the two top scorers in the conference. I just and it's one of those things they're getting production out of uh, out of Jansen Williams lately. He killed Middle Tennessee. They get production out of him. This Marshall team is a whole lot deeper mm-hmm. you know, than than what we would have thought coming into the season. What are, what are you guys ex- at least expecting out of this game from both of these teams?
1: Number one matchup I'm watching is Tavion Hollinsworth versus John mm. Elmore. That mm-hmm. is the number one matchup I'm watching. I love his hair. love if, Hollinsworth's if, hair. If Absolutely. Hollinsworth can force him into tough shots, there is no chance that Marshall wins this game. Now, that being said, we have seen John Elmore – in the last two years, hit some pretty ridiculous shots.
0: He hit a yesterday. ridiculous shot he'll, yesterday. He'll, he'll, step back.
1: Oh, he goodness. will pull up. He will pull up from thirty-five comfortably and knock it down without having to lean into his jump shot. It's mm-hmm. so I'm watching those two. I'm watching the matchup between those two. Whether it's Hollinsworth or Lamonte Bearden, mm. if one of them shuts him down, CJ Burks is gonna have to put up fifty for them to win. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go Western. I'm going to go Western, too. I think we're all
2: pretty much on a consensus here. We're all yeah. vibing. Yeah. But yeah. the only way Western loses this game is if they lose someone like Dwight Colby got hurt last game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if they get into foul trouble because their bench is not that deep. They're not. You're I right. mean, once yeah. you get to their bench, they average 7.4 and 6 points a game. That's, and that's, all, really that's almost only, all Anderson. That's almost all. Yeah, that's, yeah. They're not really doing much outside that. So Marshall has to some way force their starters out of the game. Mm-hmm. And that's the only chance they have.
0: Yeah. And that's a game plan for that yeah. and a lot of that's gonna be John Elmore doing you know doing John Elmore things John right John Elmore stuff. Yeah, like we see you've seen him do this whole tournament so far. Yeah. But mm-hmm. Darius where are you where are you leaning, I guess, from watching these teams play this week? Uh uh-huh. uh like I said um I'm
3: like Kevin said, we're all vibing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna change up because I really do have Western like I said uh uh they had they have some guys that can make some more athletic plays that I've seen. Um Watching, I mean, the game that we watched them play uh previously, I think against, Old Dominion? against Old Dominion that was a real good game. That mm-hmm. was a real good game. Um Hell with forty nine points. Right, exactly yeah. the two seed. So um yeah, so it was pretty interesting to see like defensively what they did to you know a team like Old Dominion. Mm-hmm. I want to see like I said the the Elmore matchup is going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Hollinsworth is going to be he's gonna he's gonna play his game. But I just wanted to see how are they going to stop him, uh, stopping uh, John Elmore, because, yeah. like I said, he's a shooter, yeah. and he can shoot the lights out. So I think um, I think Western, just off talent, can probably pull this out. And Marshall not being a great defensive team, I hurts. can see. Yeah, yeah, it sort of hurts him. But, we, you know, like I said, we thought the same about MT versus Marshall, and then the opposite happened, yeah. you know. so
0: It is March. It is March. Exactly. Yeah, anything mm-hmm. can happen. Um, it's it's a hard game to pick, but in a one, one you know, not storyline or player to watch that some people have kind of looked over because of how Western oh, has been no, developed this guy is Darius off. Thompson. Yeah. He's Ooh, the man okay. that runs the show. This guy had a triple-double mm. West uh, in Huntington, West Virginia, when they played Marshall earlier in the season. And when he goes, this team is, when he is at his best, this team can beat almost anyone in the country. Mm. And, and I, I really believe that if Western wins this game tonight, that they can beat almost whoever they play in the first yeah, round. They're going to be a 13 or 14 seed. And they're going to shock somebody. Yeah. They're going to absolutely shock somebody because they have, you yeah. know, Power 5 D1 talent. Mm-hmm. Those three or four of these guys are Power uh, power 5 school transfers. Uh, Darius Thompson himself played at Tennessee, went to Virginia, been coached by Tony Bennett, who is one of the best co- coaches in America. And... I think he probably get my vote for coach of the year yes. this year. Mm-hmm. And he's literally as good as it gets. Mm-hmm. So this guy is a well-seasoned basketball player. Yeah. And you know exactly what you're getting out of him. Um, but if he can just show up tonight and just have the – and just play like he can. Mm-hmm. Marshall, There does there's no way they win this game. I no, want to see – Yeah. It's Hammond-Elmore. So, Elmore, Elmore's so the on, same that, mm-hmm.
1: on that, right now, if we had to pick somebody that was tournament MVP, who would y'all pick? And my – I am surprised this name has not been said by anybody yet. I'm going, honestly, Justin Johnson.
3: I'm with Justin Yeah, MVP. I'm I going with Justin it. Johnson. Yeah, Johnson yeah because first team. You know.
1: He has been – he made some shots against Old Dominion that just, they were backbreakers. Mm-hmm. That three he hit where he had to step back at the end of the shot clock, he made that from probably 28 feet. Yeah. So, the fact that he's made the big shots, he's put up double doubles, and his game is so old school, there's mm-hmm. such a bulldog feel to it, it that really he is. literally just, it revolves around being physical and getting in the lane and getting open shots. Mm-hmm. And when he's open, he doesn't miss. So, my pick right now would probably be Probably be Justin Johnson. Yeah.
3: That's a real good pick. Um, oh, well, I
0: would say yeah. I'd say so too.
3: I'd say yeah. I think that's who I would probably because, like I said, he like the shots he hit were pretty clutch. He had some clutch shots, and then not only that, he had thirteen rebounds. The guy is tall. He can shoot the ball, but the name that I was looking out for, I think it's just because like, I'm not like showing bias or anything, but I was like, I this is the team I took pictures of the most, and that was Cortez Edwards.
0: Yeah. Cortez Edwards. He's de- I definitely I definitely have sure. Calvin. said Calvin. Okay, so the re- I mean, I'm re-
2: r- I'm raging right now cuz I was going to say Cortez Edwards.
3: No, yeah. cuz I showed Rusty my computer saying Justin Johnson. <laughs> I did. I said you took my I mean, well, I mean everyone's thinking somebody. I mean, we could all say So, the so same that computer. means oh, that yeah.
1: Calvin, if you want to pick Elijahs, you got to pick You got to pick, pick Jansen Williams from Marshall. <laughs> but just
0: just just think about like I'm sorry Justin please, Johnson please. too. Um in the in this tournament he's averaging 19 points and about 12 rebounds a game. That's yeah, pretty impressive.
1: Yeah. And Cortez Edwards is a great pick too. I think that you said it Elijah. Mm-hmm. He with his effort against MT and FIU, he played himself onto the all-tournament team at the very
0: least. Yeah. So I think so. He does yeah. everything too. Yeah, I think it was his stat line against FIU was 29-7 and 6. Uh against Middle Tennessee he went 23-6 and 3 in the middle game going five for six and three point line and basically making just some hustle plays down the end and not that's not even including the block he had at the end of regulation on Nick King. I mean, the guy did literally everything in his power to, to will those two games out. After we went Justin Johnson, I was like, okay, I'll go under the radar
2: here. This team who didn't get, get as far, Southern Miss, I'll pick Cortez Edwards, but we said them both, and I'm not going to try to make a case for someone else because if it's not Justin Johnson, it's Cortez Edwards in my opinion, mm-hmm. and it's it's Justin Johnson because 19 and 12, you can't argue with that.
1: Yeah, I think it's pretty obvious there.
0: Yeah, and if, and if you wanted to... Especially if Western Kentucky wins.
1: I'm just saying, if Marshall Especially. wins, if yep. Marshall wins, you do have to take a look at John Elmore. Yep, right? you do.
0: Absolutely, because... You could almost make a case that John Elmore should have been conference player of the year, strictly because he averaged more points and he's more points than Nick King and had more assists than Nick King. And John Elmore is literally, as of I think I don't know if this still stands now, I need to look at the media guy, but going into the going into the March third game between Middle and Marshall, John Elmore was the only player in the country to average at least twenty two points, six rebounds, six assists. When you're the only one to do that, you're doing something right. And John Elmore is that guy. He is just – he's consistent. Mm -hmm. And his three-point shot hasn't been as lethal as it was last year, but it's still pretty good. And if if they end up winning, it's going to be because of him or C.J. Burks, and it's going to be one of those two guys. Unless Les blocks ten shots and just does, you know, something absolutely stupid. But – and go back to, you know, I'm looking at the numbers a little bit too from Western Kentucky – only Justin Johnson and Tavion uh, Hollingsworth are the only two Western players that scored double-digit points mm. in both games because Thompson was only one for nine from the field against Old Dominion. The team as a whole only scored 57 points. They still came out Roof. with a win. Um, and Johnson had a block in that game as well, 19 points, 13 rebounds, 7-12 from the field, 2-4 of 4 from the three-point line, and he is their first-team all-conference selection. Um, but I feel like my decision of, of who, who I'd vote for for tournament MVP is mostly like tonight's going to weigh heavily a lot more. Yes. Yes. Say like yeah, Justin yeah. Johnson scores five points and Darius Thompson goes thir- for 31, 10, and eight. I'm going to yeah. give Darius Thompson, but in going into it, Justin Johnson's been the the heart and soul of this Western Kentucky team, especially considering he's a four-year guy. He's been there through some of the some of the lowest times in West Kentucky. I wouldn't say basketball history, but some very non-traditional basketball times for Western Kentucky when they've had some bad teams. And this year, you know, he's, he's helped lead the charge with the help of guys coming in like Colby and Thompson and Hollingsworth and really just still, still be the guy on that mm. team. It's really, it's really cool to watch from his standpoint because it's, it, just imagine the highs and lows for someone like just, Justin Johnson staying at this one school and then finally getting some help and then getting to take them to new, uh, well, for him, a new height. I mean, Western Kentucky is a basketball, historically a basketball powerhouse. Now, this is a school that's gone to a Final Four, but yep. I mean, for him, and for the school of recent memory, this is, would be absolutely huge. They pull this one out tonight, yeah. You know? mm-hmm. But um, I think pretty sure we all we're all in, in agreement. Western Kentucky, they would pick Western Kentucky to win. Yeah, I'm just gonna say Marshall, just so I can be different. I'm going to deviate a little bit and say maybe C.J. Burks and John Elmore just go stupid from beyond the three-point line and Aiden Panova blocks six shots. That
1: would be fun. That would, that be, would be fun do. to
0: watch. Western I by games.
1: fifty. You heard it here first. By
0: fifty. I mean, <laughs> shoot. When they played at Marshall, it was it was one. No, I said one twenty. They scored one hundred twenty-three points. They scored one hundred twelve. It was one twelve to eighty-seven at Marshall when Western won. We're
1: halfway there. And then <laughs>
0: Marshall. <laughs> In the game, well, the game at Western, Western won by 11. So, mm-hmm. I mean, but like I said, it's March. Today, even just today, UMBC beat Vermont. And in their two regular season meetings, at Vermont. Vermont won by 15 and 28. That was at home. And then UMBC beat them at Vermont <laughs> to punch their ticket today. But it's March. Everything we say is void because when it comes to March, we're all stupid and no one knows anything. And teams like Southern Miss can pull off mega upsets. And teams like Marshall can make a run. And punch your ticket to the dance. But that's about all the time we have here for your March Madness version of Stuck in the Middle live from Frisco, Texas. And if you want to watch the game, conference championship games tonight, tune in to CBS Sports Network. I think the game, I think Marshall, Western Kentucky is at what time? 7.30. 7.30. 7.30. We will be there if you see Darius Horton in the picture again. He was on TV yesterday. Yes. As Dwight Colby was walking off from his injury. We're famous. Y'all have a good one, and we'll see you on Tuesday.